Amen. Let's lift our hands to heaven again and thank God for what he's already done in this revival. And the anointing is activated today. You can feel the presence of God in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. How many has already been touched in this revival? feel like there's a transformation that's happened in your spirit. There, there, has, there is a place that you... When God does something, he says, tell him about it. Amen. We're overcomers by our testimony, and God has given some of you something to talk about. We're going to direct a little. Uh, we're moving from revival into evangelism. I believe there's people here tonight. Um, it may be just one or two, but uh, 12 turned the world upside down. Amen. God takes and reduces in the humanity side. And he doesn't like to look like he needs to rely on great numbers or anything. Throughout the scriptures, you find that he always takes weakness and makes greatness out of it. Amen. I believe God's going to show himself strong in this place tonight. If I could direct your attention to Mark chapter 5 and verse 1. Again, want to apologize for... Uh, not being immune to your uh, your leaves and all the other things that are tickling my brain right now. Amen. So I apologize if I'm snotting on you a little bit, but amen. I do have a word uh, for somebody here tonight. I believe somebody's going to receive deliverance. Amen. I will give the word, and it's up to you to respond to it. I talked about it, uh, I don't know when, but during this revival, that there's places that Jesus would go, and he, would, he was wanting to do a work, but he was limited by the belief of the people. Amen. I do want to make sure when I leave this place by tomorrow night that I will be able to kick the dust off my feet, knowing that I have done my part, and I, I, I mean that very strongly. I, we, we, we weren't looking for a pulpit to preach in. We had a whole bunch of them whenever I pastored. Um, I'm here because of you, and if you don't get something, I apologize if it was uh, because of my delivery, because we know the king is perfect. Amen. And it's through the foolishness of preaching. And you can see it that way. That's fine. But as long as you uh, leave here changed, that's all that matters. Amen. I'm, I'm fighting for you. I'm here. I'm reaching for you. My heart's desire is to see somebody changed. And uh, in the afternoon yesterday on the way to the, the church, uh, I felt an overwhelming, and I talked about it just a uh, making sure that we're being effective. And I felt last night that God confirmed that we're in the right vein 
And there is going to be great things come out of this revival. Mark 5 and 1, I give honor to uh, the bishop and pastor and uh, those that have uh, pastored and the greeters, feeders, and reader meters, and anybody else. Amen. We're all part of the ministry. Amen. You have a five-fold ministry. Uh, the enemy wants to make you feel like you're just, you know, you're just going to go to heaven. But God, he wants to use you for the kingdom. There's a five-fold ministry to equip you so you can minister, male and female. Amen. This is, there is no calling to preach. That's a practice of the ministry. Amen. The five-fold ministry is to equip you. That's what our job is, is to equip you. Amen. So that you can have the proper tools to reach those. Mark 5 and 1. And they came over unto the other side, speaking of Jesus and his disciples, uh, on the other side of the sea. Somebody say the other side of the sea. Into the country of the Gadareans. And he was come out of the ship. Immediately there met him out of the tombs. Somebody say the tombs. A man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling amongst the tombs. You've got to understand he's living in the tombs. He's not dead, but this has become his home. And no man could bind him. No, not with chains because he had often, he had been often bound with fetters and chains. And the chains had been plucked asunder by him. And the fetters broke in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, son, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. I want to talk to us, preach to us for a little bit. And we're just, I'm, I'm shooting for just a small number of people here today. Uh, I want to preach to us about the other side of the sea. The other side. Of the sea. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now thanking you for what you've already done. If you didn't do anything else for us, you've done more than enough. But knowing God, there's some here that have, they are bound by past, they're bound by curses, they're bound by people. And we ask you, Lord, and spirits, God, we ask you right now that you will do a work for them tonight, God. We're asking, we're binding together right now. I wonder if somebody can bind with me right now. Somebody pray with me right now. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Open their ears and their eyes. and God, we need you to show up in this place. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost manifest itself amongst us, not just in us, but around us, Lord, so that others can feel your presence, God. We need you. We need you, God, to show up today. We need you to do a work today. God, we can't do this, what needs to be done today, but you can through us. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. 
I will not hold us long tonight because I want to make sure that we do not uh, miss out on an altar call. You know, you go to some restaurants and uh, I, I've noticed I go to places and they they give you all you can eat sushi, but they they really push. There's a place up north in Chicago that it's quite expensive, but they say you can eat all the fresh sushi. Anybody like sushi? Amen. You don't? Something wrong with you. But you go to this place, but they push. There's two things that they do, and as a, a big bonded person, I notice it. You know, I've, I purposely, when I'm going to go eat all-you-can-eat sushi, I make sure I don't eat any breakfast. I don't have a lot of liquids in me. I mean, I'm completely empty because I want to be hungry. And, you know, when I get that hungry and I wait that long, I become hangry. I'm hungry and hangry. And you want it now. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. And, you know, the Bible, there's something about that hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled. And so I go to a place where you say you pay a, a good coin for uh, that kind of uh, service. So when you get there, they, they have all you can eat sushi. Man, they just have anything, and they make it fresh. It's not setting out. And I mean, it's just a really good place. I don't go there uh, during dinner because I can't afford it. I have to go at lunch. And so they offer a, 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 a deal. And, and man, I'm, we're excited. I go there every time I'm in town. I, I make sure I go with somebody else because evangelists, they don't pay for their meal if you go with somebody else. <laughs> That's just wrong if you make an evangelist pay. <laughs> so I invite people. <laughs> but anyway, so we go eat. And uh, what they do is they try, to, they try to push their little salads and Oh, you need to start with salad because it takes some time to cook your sushi. Well, they want you to fill up on this lettuce and rabbit food. I say, I don't want no salad. I don't want anything else. I will wait. And they make you wait a while, and you get this. And they say you have to make sure you eat everything on your plate before you can order again. I want to be halfway through and start ordering again. So when I'm done with this plate, there's another plate. Anybody know what <laughs> But they make you wait, and they make you wait like twice as long. It takes like twice as long. I don't know what's going on back there, but they do it. I, found, I figured it out. Their system is, is if you eat fast, you can eat more. But if you eat slow, you can't eat as much. <laughs> so what they do is they, they give you this plate, and, and they tell you you can only order certain, only three sets of rolls. And that's just enough to just get me started. But if it hits from here to here, it starts filling up. But if I can catch it from here to here, in between, I can eat more. I'm going to get my money's worth. But they make me wait. And so by the time it comes, the second portion, I don't feel that hungry anymore. Amen. I want to make sure, and I say in that, uh, to say this, that a lot of times we can come to the house of God, and you feel the anointing of God, you feel the power and presence of God, and you know, we, uh, if a preacher is preaching, he studies to show himself approved, so he better have enough, so he feels like he's got to preach everything on the meal, <laughs> on the menu, and by the time we get to the altar call, you're I want to make sure we don't do that today. I want to make sure that we can get to a place that we can have the dessert. 
I don't want dessert after I eat all you can eat sushi. Sometimes we, we don't want the altar call. And that's the most important. There's nothing else as, as important as the altar call. That's where you're going to be fed. That's where you're going to be filled. Amen. You, you can emotionally be moved during a worship service. You can be moved by the sound of his voice. But that won't take you to where you need to go. Amen. And this is where, you know, the churches, they've got it where, oh, man, we can draw a crowd if we get the lights and we get everything else. And, you know, we get the smoke coming out. You know, and, you know, you lose a little weight so you look more presentable so people can actually look at you. But that has nothing to do with the glory of God. Amen. I, I, I want to be hungry for the things of God. I thank God for your talent. But if God doesn't show up, you're going to leave the same way you came in here. Amen. We need God to show up. Amen. Hallelujah. We find, I want to, I want to establish from the beginning of this service tonight in this message that I want to establish from the get-go that we serve a mighty God. Amen. We serve a God who is a very present help in the time of this trouble that we're in. Amen. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. The Bible says that it's going to wax worse, but don't worry about that. Don't, don't be afraid of that. This must come to pass. God has set this up. Amen. The church is going to be all right. There's nothing that's going to stop the kingdom. Amen. There may be people that were part of the kingdom that have fallen by the wayside. But I got news for you. The church is all right. The church is well established. It was built on a rock. Amen. It's not going to fall. It's going to be, it's going to stay. I, 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 it has been declared and proven through the ages of time. He truly is a prayer answering God. It matters not if you're on the backside of the desert. Or you're a lad on a battlefield facing a giant. Throughout biblical history, we find that the God that we serve is a faithful God. He is a powerful God. He is a swift God. He's there whenever you call on his name. Amen. Do I have a witness in the house that God has been there? Some of you wouldn't even be here today, but you called on the name of Jesus. And he showed himself strong in your life. He wouldn't have to do one more thing for you. Amen. He doesn't have to do one more thing for me. He's already done enough. Amen. He, if I die today, I've lived a good life because I know where I'm going. Hallelujah. Somebody clap unto the Lord. Amen. He is a very present help. That anytime the enemy comes in like a, a flood, the spirit of the Lord is going to lift up a standard Against him. Well, he's an on time God. Amen. Yes, he is. He may not come when you want him to, but he'll make sure that you're going to come through it. You're going to go through valleys and you're going to go through circumstances and situations, but God is faithful. Amen. He knows what he's doing. Amen. He's an on time God. Amen. From a fiery furnace to a flashing flood. I could preach all day about how good God is. And you would, you would get an amen and, and we would have people that would testify about it. And you would leave here feeling good about it. Amen. You reflect back on what God has done for you. Amen. When you reach back into where you were and you see where he has brought you from, the enemy wants to make you feel like God isn't for you. But he has brought you a mighty long way. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not just something that I read about. It's something that I, I, I've tried for myself and I have found him to be all that I have read about and more. Amen. We've got elders in the house today. And I know you're going to be talking next Wednesday, I believe it is, letting the elder, the bishop, speak about some times that God has brought him through, some tough times. It's not, it, it's not always been just, uh, you know, I... Cake and ice cream. And it's been grilled cheese sandwiches and ramen noodles sometimes. <laughs> but you're still here. Amen. Amen. If God's been good to you, somebody shout yes. yes. Hallelujah. I could stay all night on that, but that's not where I want to go today. I, I, I've come to target a certain people, a people who live, if you will, on the other side of the sea. Those that weren't privileged to be raised in truth. They don't know anything about uh, Urshan. And they don't know about uh, uh, Azusa Street. But they do know about Poverty Street. They, knew, they do know about abuse. And, and they, they know about a lot of things that, uh, that we've been shel- some people have been sheltered from. They were born in sin like all of us. But they weren't just born in it. But they were raised in sin. And they weren't just raised in sin, but they were bound by sin. And they were trained by sin. And they are living in a life full of sin. This is all they know. They don't know anything else. They're living, if you will, amongst the tombs. Living a life where unwarranted, not warranted attacks, but unwarranted attacks were a common occurrence. A life of defeat and destruction. You see, we find in our opening uh, passage of Scripture such a person, a man who has made his home amongst the tombs, a place that is constructed to house the dead. I speak in the Spirit tonight to some that know of such a place. Had somebody even in this church last night approach me, and when I was talking about the tough times in my life, they say, I, you know, you were talking, uh, man of God, about these tough times. I'm living that life right now. They're in our pews, and they're living a life that when they leave here, it's totally different when they go to where they actually live, to what they feel in this place. We've got to be real about this and come to an understanding that we can't even, I, I'm not going to, I believe everything about organization and traditional things and we, we're, we're used to a certain lifestyle and a certain way, but there's people when they leave, this is the only power and presence of God that they ever feel. When they leave these places, they go to, to where their real life is and is tormented and, and is, there's, they're bound by addictions. Oh, they want out of it, but they can't find any way out. They cry and they scream. But they are bound. You see, the Bible says a just man falleth seven times, but he's able to get back up again. But what happens to a person that has fallen and they become trapped? You know, we preach, we preach messages about he's a good God and he's there for you. He's a present help. And I just rattled that off while ago. But a person that's trapped, trapped by an addiction, Trapped by a, a, a lifestyle that they, they didn't ask to be in, but now they're in it. That's all they know. They don't know about a life that you're living. Amen. A life of defeat and destruction. To someone that knows 
of such a place tonight. You see, a tomb is defined as an enclosure for a, a corpse cut in the earth or in a rock, a monument to the memory of a dead person. I don't know how long he has been in the tombs, but I do know that he has made the tombs his home. And it seems like everybody has tried to pull him out of his condition. They said they have bound him. They tried to tame him. But nobody could pull him out of the tombs. And he himself, night and day, is in a place that you see he's cutting himself. And he's crying in torment because he doesn't like the life that he is living. But now he finds himself. He's all alone. He, at night he's alone. The church isn't there for him, if you will. There's nobody. Oh, they want to be there for him. But we don't have the power. We don't have the, we, we don't have the talent. We don't have enough money to pull them out. Oh, we try. We try to help and we try to do this. But only God can do what needs to be done to people that live amongst the tombs. They don't need you to give them anything else. It's great that we sing songs and we shake hands and we, get, we do bus rides. But we need to find a way to get Jesus on the other side of the sea. Amen. If you will, we live on this other side of the sea where we have, even if it's a blue-collar life, but I'm talking about an apostolic experience. We're living in a place that we've got to come to an understanding. There is another side. There is another place that God will want to go. We just got to get God to the other side of the sea. We got to get God in the lives of people and say, hey, I, I'm not here to tell you I can do anything great for you, but I know a God. If he steps into your situation, if he steps out of the pulpit and he gets to the other side, he gets into your life, he will forever change your life. still believe that he's a deliverer. I don't care what kind of circumstance and situation you live in. God's able. Hallelujah. He's made it his home. It is a place on the other side of the sea. A place away from the living. It's a place that the dead are. Still alive, still breathing. But this is the only place that can house such a person. It's a place that others have tried to help him. They have went to, ex to the extreme of trying to help him. Come on. How many times have you tried to help somebody and they just keep falling back into the same Hear me, folks. I'm not against. I'm absolutely, I'm pastor. And I'm, I'm all about organization. And I thank God that I'm in an organization. I thank God. I think it's the best organization to be in today. I'm, but I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to tell you that we try to bind people. We try to conform people to a certain view of the way we think they should live and their lifestyle. But you can't trap somebody or bind somebody by what we're doing when they're already bound by something else. That is stronger than our traditions. Well, I don't know how come they can't be saved. You let God get a hold of them. 
They don't get good to get God. They come just as they are, broken, battered, and bruised. They may come stumbling in here because they have an addiction that is controlling them, but you let God step onto the other side of the sea, and you just see what God will do. He'll take a drug addict, he'll take an alcoholic, and he'll turn their life around, and they'll become a preacher. They'll become a Sunday school teacher. I'm talking about a God that's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above what we can ask or think. Talking about how we go into evangelism. God says there's people that are there. They're crying out. Alms, alms, alms. I'm not giving you alms, but I'm giving Jesus to you. They're hungry. They just don't know how because they're bound. They live amongst the dead. They can't understand life. They can't understand. They're bound. They're trapped. In Jesus' name. Tried to bind him with chains. A people. A life that knows nothing but failure. Place amongst the tombs. An uncontrollable life being bound. Anybody know anything about being bound? You see, I, I broke my wrist uh, playing basketball and rolled my ankle. And, and they put it, my, my hand in a cast and they bound it, and, and it so that it could heal. And, but by, by binding this, I mean, I could still move it when it was broke. But once they put that cast on it, and they, for however many weeks that it was on, the moment that they took it off, I literally had no motion. I just barely could do this. It's pain from it just setting. It just became, it became excruciating. And I, I couldn't move. And I had to, the only way that I could uh, get it to loosen up, even though it, it healed, it, it literally was stuck in this position until I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And finally, I got full motion again. But even, you see, there's people that have the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you. See, people, that we got this misconception because people got the Holy Ghost. We say amen. We take a picture. We put it on Facebook. We take a picture and put it on Facebook when they're baptized, and then we leave them. They don't know anything about going on unto God. They got this Holy Ghost, and they don't know what to do with it. Amen. You got to practice it. You got to operate in it. You got to build a relationship. Well, they publicly said they got the Holy Ghost. But we got to build a relationship in the closet with God. Saying, hey, now let me lead you on. Let me show you this is how you pray. This is what you do. This is how you get power. I can't do it. What I'm trying to say is you can have the Holy Ghost and still be bound. That's for fact. Well, how's that possible? Well, you can set and dress it up and put your fake up on all you want. But God knows what's really going on. And you won't have joy. You won't have peace. I'm talking about people that actually live on the other side of the sea. Amen. They didn't have a mom and dad to guide them. They had that mom or dad that whenever they were five or six years old said, hey, drink some of this. 
you know, this, this is how we live. You, you know, they, that, that kind of person that was put in an environment where they were abused. Nobody knows about it but that's the, because they think that's just the way life is. Because they live on the other side of the sea. I'm sure that doesn't happen here, but it does on the other side of the sea. And I know there's somebody amongst us today that knows what I'm talking about. I wouldn't be preaching it if it wasn't so. We're going on to help somebody that's on the other side of the sea. The church got revived the first two nights, but now we've come to the other side. We've gotten to the ship, and we're bringing Jesus to where he needs to be. He's coming to the highways. He's coming to the byways. He's coming by. Amen. Oh, well, I just don't know about it. I want to help somebody tonight come to an understanding. Stop trying to fix things that have you bound. You can't physically do it. The church can't physically do it. That's right. We can't do it. You know, there's counseling. Well, I, I can sit and tell you what you need to do, but that's like you trying to tell me how to diet. I know what I need to do. But there's never grilled chicken or salads on sale. They always have two for two Big Macs. Our McRibs are for a limited time. Fattening food's always on sale. It's always cheaper. I want to eat a grilled chicken. I can't afford it. It costs a lot of money to eat healthy. It's cheaper to eat fattening food. Well, it's easier to live in sin. There's a price to pay. Amen, but we got to get to a place. And when we, 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 we measure it, here's the problem. We don't see the outcome. I, I've always said, God, if you'll just take all my weight off and make me skinny again, I'll eat healthy. If you just, if you just make me back to when I look real good. Where the pants fit right. Just, just take me back. Take me back. Just take me back and I'll, I'll do it. No, you won't. Because you're bound by your own desires. Amen. There's people that are bound in this place. You want it. And the church says, well, this is what you do. Yeah, it's nice for you to tell me. But when there's an addiction. And I was talking about that wrist issue. And, and they put me on Vicodin, was it? Was it Vicodin? Something like what? Oh, yeah, okay. It was Vicodin. I got on Vicodin uh, because I couldn't stand the pain. I, I literally, you know, this foot and this. I mean, I, was, <laughs> I, mean, I heard everything. You know when I did that? You, I, was, it, I was a church group that I was with. And I broke my, broke my wrist, probably broke my ankle. And I mean, I messed everything up. I'm laying there like, oh, help me, Holy Ghost. One of the church members, you know what they told me? Because my foot was in the air, said, nice shoes. I said, if, you, if I could get up, I would throat punch you right now in the Holy Ghost. You better get him away from me. <laughs> when you're hurting, you don't need people to try to be nice. I want somebody that can help me. Get me to a hospital. 
I, I don't need you to cook. You know, when, when I'm hurting and I need healing, take me to a place that I can receive, uh, that, that, that can help. I don't want to be part of your uh, cell group. Uh, I don't want to be part of your stamp group. Uh, you know, I don't want to be in your club. I want help. Any way I can get it, help. I'm going to tell you, if I'm drowning, I don't care who helps me as long as somebody gets me out. I don't care how, man, they can, they can take their belt and do it. If they pull me out, whatever they can do, you know, they can, they can bite me out. As long as I get out of my condition, that's all I care about. Just get me out of the tombs. I'm needing help. There's people that are crying for help. I've come to tell you that Jesus, he's coming to the other side of the sea, and he's saying, I can help you. I'm not here to give you anything else. I'm here to tell you it's just Jesus that steps. We find in the passage that Jesus, he's doing many miracles on this side of the sea, and he's taking a trip. And when he gets on the other side, as soon as his feet step amongst the tombs, there's a person there that has an uncontrollable condition. It's a, it, nobody can control it. His friends have tried to do it. Family have tried to do it. Nobody can do it. But the moment that Jesus steps onto the scene, the moment that he just steps there, he, he doesn't bring him to where he's at. You need to hear this. He goes to where he's at. Moment he steps, he comes running to him and he worships him. Hear me, everything that's in him that has been controlling him bows before Jesus. Every demon, every addiction, it bows before Jesus and says, what will you do with us? Hear me, I'm not asking you to worry about your addiction. God will take care of you just, you, just, you just get to a place that you lift your hands and your voice to God and God will take care of your condition. He will pull you out of the tombs. It's not a place that you have to live. He has prepared a way that you can get out of your circumstance. Jesus tonight is stepping to the other side of the sea. He's there. I love how he gets there and they start, hey, don't put us just anywhere. Can we go in the pigs? Your addiction, it will leave tonight. Tonight. Nobody wants to be bound. I'm not here to tell you to conform to our way. I'm just saying, how about you try Jesus tonight? I'm not asking you to seek the Holy Ghost. You seek Jesus, you'll get the Holy Ghost. That's the problem. We got people trying to seek the Holy Ghost. Say hallelujah a hundred times real fast. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's the Holy Ghost. You hear him? It sounded like hallelujah, but it's hallelujah. I'm telling that won't take care of your addiction. But whenever you say, God, here's, when you lift these hands, I, I don't know about down here, but in Chicago, if, they, if, the, if the police think you are trouble and you're in your car, they, they don't come near you. They step and they go to megaphone. And there's the SWAT there. You make one move. Beep. They can get you in your car. But they say, and I, it, it's universal. The first thing they say is, anybody know? Let me see your hands. <laughs> now open the door. Let me see your hands. 
But I got to use my hand to open the door. Do it real slow. <laughs> you know why? That's a sign of surrender. Not many people can shoot with their feet. But as long as they, they see your hands, they know they're secure. If God can, that, that is a sign, a universal sign. Hey, I surrender. I tell people, you want the Holy Ghost? Don't lift your hands until you're ready to surrender. You repent, then lift your hands. And God will fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If you truly repented, you don't have to look for it. You don't have to try for it. He steps to that side where you were bound. He steps in your condition, and you start feeling the power and the presence of God. It'll intervene in any situation. He's no respecter of persons. It doesn't matter what your last name is. It doesn't matter if you was born in sin, as all of us are. He said, you will be born again. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Anybody believe that? Shout yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. How important is it that Jesus goes to the other side of the sea? Hear me, church. Hear me, pastor. When he steps into that environment, the Bible says, and then he went, and then he came back to the other side of the sea. And in that same passage, the same passage of Scripture, it's not another chapter. It was right away. There was three marvelous miracles that happened because somebody, because Jesus stepped to the other side of the sea. He went to where they were. Jairus' daughter, that's, that's it. The woman with the issue of blood. It was there because Jesus <laughs> stepped out of his tr the traditional side of things. Stepped where everybody was expecting. And he went to death, hell, and the grave, as you will. He went to the tombs and said life can come even in the tombs. I speak amongst the dead. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what kind of abuse you've had or what you, what's been inflicted on you. If Jesus steps into it, he's, there's a renewing of your mind. All that junk that you have going on, all that, all that control that somebody else has been controlling, God says it stops as soon as my foot steps to the other side of the sea. If you will, if you will yield to me today, I I will take care of today and tomorrow. The man, the Bible says that he's, he gets clothed as soon as God delivers him. Jesus delivers the man. And the man sat and he said he's clothed and in his right mind. And he goes to Jesus and says, man, let me come with you. He said, no, I love this part. He says, no, how about you go home now? But home's amongst the tombs. No, that's not your home. God says, how about you go where your friends are? You go home to your friends. There was a place prepared for him already. <laughs> your life and what you're living right now, that's not living. That's dying. But God says, you go home and you know he's abroad amongst your friends. There was a place for him. He was able to go back out of the tombs to a place of peace. 
devil's lying to you. People lie. Oh, you're, you know, your uncle was an alcoholic. You're always, no. Not whenever Jesus steps to the side of the sea. music would come. Some of you are tormented from a path by a past tonight. Some of you are tormented from warranted and unwarranted things. But whenever Jesus steps to this side of the sea, the, the demons tell him, don't torment us. I wonder who's the tormentor tonight. Is the devil tormenting you or are we tormenting him? We've got control in the name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, he's going to come around sneaking around. I remember one of my one of my Jamaican sisters that was in her church. She was, she was in her shower getting ready for church. And she said the devil came in that shower. Come in that bathroom and started started tormenting her. She started feeling fear and started feeling sick in her body. And she said, man, I don't feel like I'm going to go to church. She caught wind of it and understood. She said, hold on a minute. Devil, you are a liar. Get out of my bathroom in Jesus' name. She told that because she came to church and said when she said that, peace came back. Joy come back. She was at church saying, God is good. Oh, she could have stayed there. But Jesus came out of the church and got into her bathroom, if you will. There's a great revival that breaks out whenever somebody is renewed in the Holy Ghost. Let's all stand. It's twofold tonight. One is, is God compelling us to places that we had never imagined and completing works in people that don't look like us. They don't smell like us. They don't talk or walk like us. But God says, I deliver them and I will clothe them and a great revival will break out through them. That's one fold for the church. <laughs> How does evangelism work? How does revival really work? Is it code door knocking? No. It's just wherever you are. They're drawn to you. If you got the goods. I'm not saying this braggingly, but I... I, I I wear a baseball cap, and I wear warm-ups when I'm pulling my trailer. And I'll be, it doesn't matter where I'm, I'll be in Philadelphia. I, I, I'm incognito. I don't look like I'm preacher. I don't look ungodly, but I, I'm real casual. I've walked into stores and walked out, and they don't know I'm a preacher. They don't know nothing about me. God is my witness. My wife's there. She can tell you. It doesn't matter. I had a, the manager of a, a high-end store. He, he come out and he said, Sir! It was about a, half a block to a block away. He said, Come here. And by the time I got back to him, tears are falling down his face. He said, You don't know what you did to me today when you walked in this place. He, it's Monday. Revival's over. I mean, this is Monday today, but usually that revival. That, I'm not in revival. I'm not, I'm not performing. 
He said, you, I haven't been in church for eight weeks because I had to work every weekend. He said, but you don't know what. He said, You're, the Holy Ghost ministered to me when you walked in this place. I grabbed a hold of him. I don't know what kind of religion he was, but I said, well, I want we're going to pray that God will bless you right now. Oh, there was, there was all kinds of deadness going around. We were amongst the tomb. We weren't in church. I grabbed him and said, in the name of Jesus, minister to this. And he started speaking in tongues as the spirit gave utterance, tears falling down his face. Because Jesus, he steps to the other side of the sea. (laughs) What we do, what I'm doing right now is foolishness. But it doesn't matter if I'm speaking or walking. If you got it and you're full of the Holy Ghost, you don't have to go ask people, hey, my name's Jason. You need to, you, you want heaven or hell? You want, do you want this? You want that? No, it just oozes out. They're drawn to the love of God. God, who do you want to touch today? We, should, we don't have to compel them. There's people here tonight that God has spoken to you. We just got to make it comfortable enough for them that it's not awkward for them to be able to lift their hands. We don't need to bind them by anything. Just say, as you are. I'm not here to dispute your relationship with God. You wouldn't be here if you didn't have a relationship with God. I'm asking you to go farther in it. I'm asking you to complete the work in it. Well, you're saying that. No, I'm saying there is a process that God has required of all of us. He says you must repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Do you hear him calling you by name? Because he is right now. I want you to look at your neighbor and I want you to ask him this question. Say, will you come and pray with me at an altar? I don't want to make it uncomfortable for anybody. But invite somebody that's next to you and let's all come together. We don't need to know what your need is, what your addiction is, or if you have the Holy Ghost or you don't have it. We're just going to enjoy the presence of God tonight. And if you need the Holy Ghost, God's going to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Everybody, whether you're a sinner or a saint, Paul said, I die daily. I repent today. I repent. I'm renewed in the Holy Ghost. Come on, everybody that will. There's a healing power that's in this place right now. Come on, we're going to pray a prayer right now. It doesn't matter what the need is. There's people that God has absolutely spoken to tonight. You know who you are. We're going to pray a, pow- we're going to pray a prayer of deliverance tonight. Some of you are bound by some things. God says, I'm about to take that from you tonight. Yeah.